0: everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it.
1: Hey everybody, today we are looking at Matthew 25, and I'm excited for this conversation because Matthew 25 actually contains a couple of parables that I think can be commonly misunderstood. You may have actually heard somebody teach these passages, and they may have actually taught something that is not quite right, and the reason I'm excited to talk about it is just examining what Jesus is teaching what Jesus is saying um, and like critically thinking about it can really help you understand what's going on.
0: So I guess it's kind of they're weird stories for me in the first place so maybe we could just even start as to like the significance of them so there is there's two parables going on the first is a parable of ten virgins and then the next is a terrible terrible. A parable of talents. So I guess context, first and foremost, is like of the ten virgins. They're like waiting around for the bridegroom, okay? And it says that some of them, um, or they all, excuse me, became tired while they were waiting for the bridegroom because he was delayed. Um, And then finally he's coming. They come out to meet him. And the foolish... Said, "Hey, give us some of your oil." And the wise said, "There's not going to be enough for everybody." Yep. So, like, I guess, what is the significance of making this story about a virgin waiting for the bridegroom? <laughs> like, I just don't like why use this.
1: So, so common practice would have been for the virgins, who w- would actually be like the um, like the wedding party, like the what we would call today, like the maid of honor, the bridesmaids. Gotcha, yeah. They would have been anticipating the bridegroom to show up to start the wedding celebration. Mm. So this is like one of those cultural pieces we don't really do anymore. Yeah. But they would have understood immediately. Um, that actually contributes to why we don't interpret these correctly, because it's like an old practice that nobody understands anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are people that do. Don't hear me the wrong way. but, um,
0: but Face value is kind of weird.
1: It can be enticing. And I see people do this with parables all the time. We think that because it's a parable, like the symbolism is just like dialed up to 11 and you can just like make anything mean anything. And you need to be really careful about that when you're listening to a Bible teacher because there's usually just like one main point and there's not actually 10 tangential points to make because you want to turn everything into symbolism. So what's going on here at the center of the story is that these these. Um, these bridesmaids, these virgins are supposed to be prepared and half of them are prepared and half of them aren't. So some of some people can focus too much on the fact that they fell asleep. Um, Actually, I think everybody falls asleep at one point. we'll focus on the fact that the the bridegroom is coming late. Uh, But what really should get our attention here is there are five virgins who take just the amount of oil to burn in their lamps. And there's five other ones who take extra oil. And the good guys, I guess, of the story are the ones who have extra. And that's where our focus should be, because Jesus is teaching people to be prepared and to wisely prepare. So like the winners of this story are the ones who are wisely prepared for what is coming. They're not underprepared. They're not, I guess, I guess maybe to some degree they're overprepared. I don't know. Um, But the idea is they're ready for what is coming. And if you think about that in context, like yesterday, we talked about Matthew 24. Matthew 24 is like Jesus is telling his disciples, be sure to be ready because what is coming is going to be difficult and you'll need to be prepared. So it's not this magical secret formula for something. Um, It's actually just a story about being ready and being prepared. And one of the interesting things about this is if you look in context of what is going to be happening in these, the people who heard it in their immediate future is that they're going to be out in the garden, praying with Jesus and Jesus is going to be killed very soon.
0: I think what's, what's interesting about what you said is that it's very easy for us today. Actually, I guess in any situation, but I think today, a lot of times you have to like figure out the hidden meaning or you have to like, I don't know, almost stumble upon it like, oh, this could mean that or this could mean this whatever. Um, This little clue here means X, Y, Z. Uh, But I think what's important is to be aware of when there are illustrations in the Bible that do lead to that where there is symbolism. And then not to be just like, I don't know, like a victim of today's society where you're just like always looking for those hidden Easter eggs. We want to turn everything Yep. Yeah, and I think it's a really shady place to get to when you're making something in scripture say what you want it to versus what is actually there.
1: Pretty good practice for a parable is to read it for face value first. Mm-hmm. And if you read this one for face value, you can look at chapter 25, verse 13, which is the end of the story. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour. What's that feel like? That feels like, make sure you're ready. Well, make sure I think, you're prepared. too,
0: it's good to look at this story because... Again, to me, is just like I don't even understand why they're using these virgins as yeah. the example. Yeah. And rather than just taking it for like, oh well, whatever, there's something significant about the oil or or whatever. It's also good to take into context. Well, what is the situation they're actually exactly. even talking about? Exactly. Um. So it's good to kind of just stop there first because. What, what if somebody used a story from today and they're looking at it 500 years from now, it could be, I mean, it would most definitely be very different Mm -hmm. culture, time, all kinds of things you have to take into consideration before you just slap meaning on something.
1: So the next parable is of the, the talents. And before we get into the parable of the talents, keep in mind, Matthew 24 is about being ready, being Mm -hmm. prepared, um, Chapter 25 verses 1 to 13 is about being ready, being prepared. Probably a really good chance here that the parable of the talents is about being ready, being prepared. This is a little bit crazier story uh, because essentially what you have is there is a master that sets three guys at least in charge of money. And the first guy takes his five coins, his five uh, talents, and invests them in a way where he gets five back. The next guy takes his two talents and invests them in a way that he gets two back. The final guy says, I know that you're a shrewd manager. I'm afraid of you. I hid yours in the ground. You can have it back. And the manager like, accepts the first guy who got the five-time return, says, hey, I'm going to bless you with even more. The next guy that got the two-time return, he says, hey, I'm going to bless you even more. The guy who says, hey, I was afraid of you and I hid your thing in the ground, he's like, how dare you? I'm going to cast you out. Doesn't he, this is actually where he says about, um, wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. We there, there, uh, verse 30 and cast the worthless servant in the outer darkness in that place. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. seems wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if chapter 24 is about preparation, if the parable of the virgins is about preparation, maybe this is about preparation.
0: So how does preparation, like, how, what does that look like for us as believers? Like, what is the message that we can glean from this? Because I think there is something that we can apply as well. Like, what does that, what does that mean for us to well, be prepared? Well, I think
1: one of the most interesting <laughs> things to me is that a key emotion, a key feeling of the third character is that they are terrified of the master. Yeah. And so instead of reacting out of, like, Love, responsibility, like uh, wisdom, they just act out of fear. Like, I know you're not a good person, so I hid this in the ground so I could give it back. So a key thing in this story is the person's primary relationship with the master. The first two want to wisely handle what they've been given. The final guy is afraid. And so what we see here is the people that want to wisely handle what God has given them, they make sure that they produce even more fruit. But the ones who are afraid, uh, who are unprepared, so to speak, um, they are acting out of fear. So I think what I take from it is that God doesn't want us to interact with him out of fear. Um, When we are prepared, we can have faith, we can be confident, and we can use our gifts and talents well to produce more fruit. One thing that's nice about interpreting it this way is Jesus is continually talking about producing more fruit. Uh, We've seen fig trees and and comments on whether they bear fruit or not. We've seen parables about the seed that is thrown out that produces fruit or not. Um, So this tracks with what Jesus has been teaching. And so we don't want to be shrewd managers that are afraid of Jesus. We want to have faith and trust in Jesus and handle well what he's given to us.
0: I don't know. Does it also kind of play into like our responsibility of discipling others to like actually making yeah. a difference in the world. I don't know, is that kind of well, what it's alluding to also?
1: You know, you, you think about some of the arguments against like um like like scaring people into heaven. Yeah. That that if if we are in fact trying to scare people into heaven, we're leading with the fact that like you're going to hell, you better love Jesus. Like that causes you to have an incorrect perception of who God is and your motives then would be incorrect. Yeah. And so when we love God, when we appreciate what he's given to us, we want other people to experience that. And we want to reproduce those fruits that we've seen in our lives, in other people's lives. So hundred percent it's discipleship. Uh, it's concern for other people. It's bringing people along that journey so that they grow in their faith as well. And then they do that for somebody else. So that's how I see like these five talents. the the guy that was the most responsible took his five and gained five more. Actually, like like both of the good guys in the story produced a hundred percent more what they had mm-hmm. um, because they loved the master. So we love the master and we are not afraid of the master. I guess maybe it's a stretch to say they loved him, but certainly they're not afraid of him. and so they handle what he's given them well. So we want to handle what he's given us well. So the final piece of Matthew 25 is this story about sheep and goats. And it's where we get the concept of the least of these caring for the least of these, which if you've been around church for a long time, you're probably aware of that. We need to be really careful with how we handle this story. um, Because depending on how you see this story actually shifts how you interact with Jesus and how you see your faith.
0: I think that's true because a lot of times when we, and I have done this myself, when we think of God and Jesus as like two different and completely separate Um, oftentimes we'll put God in this weird box of like, everything is super black and white. Yes. And no, like there is no in between. Um, there are no exceptions period. Whereas when we think of Jesus, it's like, Jesus is loving. He like, he sees you right where you are. He loves you for who you are, blah, 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 blah. And there's not as much this like black and white. It seems there's a little bit more gray area where Jesus just kind of like his love covers all period. And it does, but I think there's a very important part to this last passage that maybe might clear that black and white piece up a little bit.
1: I think the problem at the center of this misinterpretation is this idea of the least of these because you'll you'll hear this taught What we need to do to honor Jesus is give food to the hungry, give clothes to the naked, give water to the thirsty. And when we care for the least of these, we care for Jesus. Mm -hmm. The problem is that's not actually what the passage says. If you look at chapter 25, verse 40, it says, And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So it doesn't say the least of these. It says the least of these of my brothers. Uh, and there, there's no comma there. It's one thought, the least of these, my brothers. So what Jesus is saying is when you care for people who follow me and believe in me and are my brothers, you care for me. Now the Bible clearly teaches compassion. It clearly teaches that we need to care for widows and orphans. This passage is not, that's not at the heart of this passage. This passage is about, uh, the people who love and care and give compassion Two Jesus brothers, the least of Jesus brothers, are the ones who care for Jesus. So as believers, when we love and care for each other, we love and care for Jesus. What separates the sheep from the goat in this passage is care and concern for Christian brothers and sisters honoring each other as we honor Christ. If you turn this passage into Jesus saying When we give water to thirsty people and food to hungry people, you're actually teaching a works-based salvation. And we don't believe in a works-based salvation. And Jesus wouldn't teach a works-based salvation. So if you have somebody that teaches this passage and says, well, what Jesus says is, we need to care for the least of these. And when we care for the least of these, we get put with the sheep in the kingdom of heaven. That's a false teaching. That's Mm -hmm. not what this passage says. So. Don't get me wrong. We need to care for people even when they're not believers. But what Jesus is teaching here is that when the final judgment comes, the sheep are the ones who love and care for each other as they love and care for Christ. So when he says least of these, he's actually talking about like the baby Christians, not just regular old hungry mm-hmm. and thirsty people. Yeah. Um, so compassion, yes, always. Um, and, and like you were calling out, Jenny, like judgment. Yes, Jesus clearly teaches judgment many times. Um, but it, it is important to get this right because if you teach it wrong or if you believe it wrong, what you actually believe about your salvation is incorrect. Mm. Um, we are saved by belief in Jesus alone. That is always how it has worked throughout all time. When Abraham believed God, he believed that provision would come. We, but like he believed forward. We believe backward. Everyone's saved by Jesus only by Jesus. And if you start to go down this road of, we just need to share compassion and love, uh, you'll go down this kind of weird secular humanism route that's very popular right now. So there's a lot of uh, parables here, a lot of stories. They're very easy to misinterpret. And so one of my takeaways is carefully read parables. Uh, Don't look for secret hidden meeting first. Look for just what it might mean on the surface first. (laughs) Uh, and that will protect you from believing crazy things about these stories. And then second, uh, clear takeaway here is we need to be prepared for the coming kingdom of God. What that means is we do what we can to honor God out of love and compassion for him and for each other. And when we do that, um, like really trying to serve the kingdom well, we honor God the most and the best. So I invite you to do that. Like think through today, um, how you can care for the believers that are around you and how you can also live in the light that um, judgment is coming at some point, And we want to make the most of what God has given to us so that we are prepared for that judgment. So we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's plan, your part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way. I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. For it will be like a man going out on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. "'reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. "'So I was afraid, and I went and hid the talent in the ground. "'Here you have what is yours.' "'But his master answered him, "'You wicked and slothful servant! "'You knew that I reap where I have not sown, "'and gather where I scattered no seed. "'Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, "'and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest.' So take the talent from him, and give to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away from him. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at God'sPlanYourPart@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.